Hello, Fight fans, and welcome to the Hollywood Brunettes Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Matt, the store brand Keanu. Alongside me is my tag team partner, the Danimal. How's it going, Matty? And today we are going to talk about wrestling moves that will kill you. Essentially, any finishers, marquee maneuvers that your favorite superstars would bust out on regularity that could actually kill a person if it's either botched or executed to perfection, however you may want to look at it. So start us off, Daniel. What's your top move that would kill a person if executed correctly? Well, this this is a, a more recent one. I'm sure it's been used elsewhere. Um, and I especially love it because it's done by a smaller guy, but would still kill you. And that is Finn Balor's coup de gras, in which he simply climbs to the top rope and jumps with both feet onto your chest. Now, I don't care if you weigh 160 pounds or if you weigh 300 pounds. Driving your feet as hard as you can into someone's sternum is murder. And I I first stumbled upon this because I was fawning to my wife about how it's so impressive how he can make it look like he's doing it, but then he pulls away at just the right time so that he doesn't actually put pressure on the guy. Which then just led me to feel like that's one of those, like, you try it on, like, your buddy, and all of a sudden he's, like, hacking up along as you, like, (laughs) into the ground as a kid. And it's just like, what the hell were you thinking? Well, Finn does it, and he's bigger than we are. So (laughs) that that was the one that really stood out to me was the the jumping off the top rope. And he also really gets, like, the the frog splash quality with lifting the knees up to really show the so that, that was the one that if I, if I f- found myself looking to kill someone, I would think about employing. Yeah, that, that's an excellent one to start off with. Because honestly, I remember seeing that brought out like in occasional like hardcore match and usually through some tables or something to where it kind of cushions the impact. But to when yeah. you just see it flat on the ground, it's like, I don't think it, that's how physics work to where you can somehow like air jump off of a person's chest to like minimize the impact. But I mean, they make yeah. it work, but yeah, that's a surefire way to kill somebody. If you really want to, I'll give you that. Yeah. Finn Balor doesn't eat carbs and doesn't kill people with his finisher. I tip my hat to him. <laughs> Great start. What's, what's um, your first one? You know, I, I felt so robbed because one of the top moves I was going to lead off with was the Canadian Destroyer that uh, P.D. Williams used to use. And then I all of a sudden go online and see all these gifts of Bad Bunny of all people executing it. I'm like, well, clearly it's not that impressive if this casual like guest wrestler can just execute this devastating maneuver. So um I think that's a classic example of a move that, you know, relies heavily upon the person that's being executed against, you know, like in that case, what was it, John Morrison, who's yeah. arguably one of the best yeah. athletes to ever wrestle. So yeah, that, that took away from that, but there was a comparable enough one that I, I wanted to mention. Um, it's a cradle pile driver that uh, was the special move of a guy named Jerry Lynn, who big in the ECW era, had a small run in TNA. And every time he was about to make that leap, he seemed to get hurt or it just would kind of fade away. But just in that same mold of like the AJ Styles or even arguably Kenny Omega, where he was just like a little fire plug. And a cradle pile driver, it's just like a normal pile driver. Only the difference is he would actually put one of his arms over the legs 
like in between the legs and lock it. Oh, okay. And I, I he, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And when he sat, it wasn't like the Jerry, the King Waller, like lazy, just kind of fall on your butt. It was like a full on like leap backwards for the impact, which, you know, granted he was wrestling guys who were pretty athletic, who could push off enough to where they wouldn't jam their neck and paralyze themselves. But, you know, even a regular pile driver, you know, was outlawed by the WWE when Kurt Angle, you know, busted Stone Cold with it. So, I mean, you can yeah. imagine with one where a guy actually has you locked in. So it's limiting your ability to push up. So that was my yeah, first Yeah, well, and it, no, that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, I'll just do the honorable mention because I, I had the tombstone in there as well. Because I think all the pile drivers, if, if you legitimately are at the point where you're just driving someone's head and neck into the ground. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I've seen the cradle one and I, I do like that you get that jump in there which is really yeah. adds to the t- of the of the move um and then i will go well i'll go with this one because it, it may not have been murder but i saw a, there's a great youtube botch of it and <laughs> that is that, that is from the uber athletic formerly jamaican kofi kingston with trouble in paradise oh the amount of torque he's getting on his body when he does that kick is just insane. And there was one time when they were kind of trying to do like when HBK would, you know, catch people out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 And the Miz went off the ropes and turned into it and you could see his going up and they got to about here. And then like Kofi didn't quite have where he was depth wise and just unloaded and it was, I mean, it's, it's like when you would watch a football game during jacked up when they were <laughs> concussions pre CTE, because they're kind of like, Oh, that one really connected. And then they're having to go in story. They're like, Oh, and the Miz doesn't know where he is, except you look at him and it's just like, yeah. Oh, this ad, like they're, they're, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna do a five minute segment, you know, next week where the Miz gets written off for three weeks after this. So that was uh that was kind of my my kick to the face of choice because uh, while I felt like sweet chin music and like the bro kick were good, those at least have the control factor of like having a foot on the ground mm-hmm. while Kofi, uh, you're you're full on getting that body rotation. So that's a great I point. Thought, yeah, because I was gonna say too, even with those standing kicks, generally, um, you know, you're looking at an example where the angle of the camera even can make it look much more devastating than it actually is versus Mm -hmm. there's no faking what Kofi does like a certain it's just one of those maneuvers that no matter what there's an impact it's just a matter of like if like you had said with the Miz if he had just the right distance it's kind of a cushioned blow where it just kind of softens it but yeah (laughs) you get a bit too far into it and yeah that game over man game over yeah so to uh to our, our listeners out there, go go YouTube that one if you're not a fan of a uh, Miz and Misses. <laughs> well, I know there's plenty of those out there. So, <laughs> um, I my number two is a maneuver that actually I don't know if anybody uses a finisher. You'd probably be more well versed in knowing this off the top of your head, but um, it, it's actually a pretty standard move for some guys. It's the brain buster. Uh, oh yeah, that. Yeah, particularly when Perry Saturn used to do it, because he's one of the only guys who ever saw who like do it consistently right. Because the whole thing with the brain buster is really it's just a modified suplex, like over your shoulder, kind of 
And yeah. if you do it on a big enough guy, like, you know, of course, like you always see the modified thing, like, oh, he did it to the big show, but it's really just the, like, you get him up <laughs> for a fraction section. <laughs> yeah. Second. Then, yeah. He, then he falls. But with the brain buster, if it's executed properly, it's like you actually get them up, locked, and then basically fall back with their head driving directly into the mat. And they just kind of curl last minute like all out jeff hardy doing like a swanton bomb like it's really just the last second like turn that like sells it and yeah he was what saturn was one of the only guys that like i said where i consistently he was just buff enough to be able to torque a person like last second it just always looked like their neck was gonna snap so uh i don't like i said i don't know is anybody actually using that right now as a finisher or is yeah, I, I've seen it. I, I saw it just in a match on Dynamite recently, but it, it is more of like a, a a close two count kind of move where it, it looks cool and everything, but it, it doesn't quite get the, the finisher rub that I think it probably should. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is kind of the fine line because I, I, I found myself using a lot of recent moves. And I think that's because with the athleticism going up, they can try more. Whereas like you said, in the good old days, it was just like, no, the best we can ask is that like a guy's in a headlock and then they fall in unison and we call the DDT the most <laughs> move out there because it's like, I can only imagine if, you know, Jake Roberts and someone tried to execute a really high risk move, it would not, <laughs> you know, it, it would have been like another segment on Jake's, you know, dark side of the ring. So yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely kind of was, I, I was looking for some old ones and I was like, how about, and I was like, uh, the Hogan big boot. Um, That's how cute. I felt too. Look at the older ones, and it was like the closest one I could find was like a sleeper hold. Because really, if you applied it, you could put somebody to sleep. And it's like, yeah, no, that's lame. <laughs> like, plus, I, yeah, my boy Moxley uses it. I don't want to talk shit about that. So. No, the, the submission moves in general, I feel like, are probably should be everything on this list where it's either murder or seriously maiming someone. You know, I think uh, like even the walls of Jericho, the sharpshooter, it's like, yeah, if you actually put the right pressure on a guy's back, you'll snap it in a heartbeat. But the whole point is you don't. Or I think the, the, the shamrock angle ankle lock was always a favorite of mine because guys would put it on and you're just watching like that would really hurt. I was going to say the mandible claw before uh, mankind took it over too was another one where it was like you'd see him do it. Like, I remember like my dad would be like sitting on the couch, be like, yeah, you could actually kill somebody if you get them in the right spot under the top. Like one of those crazy conversations you hear when, you know, dad's <laughs> staying up with you watching raw late at night. But uh, yeah, that, that was like the technical, like, yeah, you could probably murder somebody by shoving your hand down their throat. But again, it's, it's not as fun as dropping them on their spine from, you know, seven feet up or whatnot. Well, I like that your dad had the, the quick, like, don't try this at home disclaimer. Like, like if you're going to try some stupid move on your brother, like, you, you know, go for a rock bottom. Don't, don't try to strangle him with a sock. <laughs> Classic 80s, 90s kids, like logic back then. So, yeah. All right. So number three, and this, I did this in order for a reason, is a modicum of revenge that we're bringing back the Miz because of, and it's a move that I, I, I love that they put so many words on it. it. At first, I thought it was just the finale, but they every time would, it's the skull-crushing finale. Like, no one was really going to be impressed by it, so they had to kind of amp it up. Because it's kind of a lame-looking move, 
because they have to do it safely because it's basically the front Russian leg sweep, but you've got them in the full Nelson. Mm-hmm. So in reality, if you did it, you could just drive someone's face into the ground as hard as humanly possible, which is where it's the don't try this at home disclaimer from me. But then it's greatly lessened by the fact that it's also the Miz who, I mean, yeah, I've had his title rounds, but in some ways, you put a better performer on that, they could pro- probably make it look a little cooler. They feel like that one, too, was a Jericho move for a short while that uh, probably was either taken or <laughs> deemed outlawed briefly and then brought back immediately <laughs> once Jericho moved on from, in his various stints, but... I do. I well, I'm sure we'll cover Jericho a lot, but I have loved his like mix of finishers. Mm-hmm. He's always been good about adding things from time to time. Yeah, no, you gotta give him credit for that because at a certain point, nobody wants to see the same maneuver over and over. Which actually it leads me into mine perfectly here, uh, which was uh, Undertaker's last ride. Which oh, this one. I, One of the biggest things to recall with this is the fact that he debuted this far into his career. Like, not quite like... It was American Badass. Yeah, it was the American Badass era, but that was like when he was like, what, early, late 30s, early 40s? Like, he's... Like, this wasn't like the taker quite like he's only appearing at WrestleMania phase, but this was still a a guy who had been wrestling for 20-plus years and had probably succumbed to some major injuries, particularly to his lower back or whatnot, being that tall and that big. And you're talking about modified power bomb where the guy, he essentially gives him a wedgie and lifts them up even higher and then drops them from way up. Now, granted, he softens it a bit. Like in some ways I would almost argue that Kevin Nash's jackknife power bomb would be more dangerous because he was so lazy. He would never fall. He really got, yeah, he would either yeah. follow through too much or he would just kind of let them go when he reached the top and call it a day. But Taker was always good about kind of, you know, following him to the canvas a bit. But at the well, same time, I, go ahead, yeah. Oh, no, well, I was just going to say, and I think the other thing was that it was really a more physically difficult move to add to your repertoire. It's yeah. usually kind of the way. Like, I think about, you know, I think a really good one, and I don't think it was because of his physical constraints but that Seamus used to do I think they called it the Celtic cross yeah. which was like razor's edge which is yep. such a difficult move because you're legitimately like pressing someone over your head from this weird angle but I think they they swapped it just because it's it's such a long move to set up yep but usually guys are getting a less physical it's like oh and he's gonna get him with you know the abrupt clothesline or the new you know submission move that doesn't require him to climb to the top rope anymore but for Taker to go from just having to flip a guy over into a tombstone to, yeah, getting them up and having to do that extra shoulder press, like, that was an impressive move. I was going to say, too, because, like, so much of it hinged on him grabbing the shorts, too, which is one of those things, like, you, you have to recall that it's, like, everybody's got a completely different fabric, completely different outfit, like, to go from, like, a Jeff Hardy with his baggy-ass fake Jenkos to, like, the rock with like a skin tight, like, you know, banana hammock thing. Like in either instance, like you're talking about, like he has to manage to get a grip on this, hold you up in the middle of the ring and then execute the move. So I think that's a testament to how great of a pro he was that we never really saw him botch it too horrifically. Um, And the fact that you're talking about a seven foot individual then lifting you up that much higher above his head. So uh, yeah. 
That, that's a scary movie definitely, in my book. It definitely made, like the way you just described that made me think about when I'm trying to pull the fitted sheet over my bed and I find myself struggling and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm too tired. Like I don't have the grip strength right now. Well, Taker's <laughs> someone over his head. So that'll, that'll be the Undertaker em- emasculates me moment of the show. <laughs> that's brilliant. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, well, you got you for your next one there, bud. Okay, so this was, I, I, I gotta say, I was a fan of this one because, and, and just continues my trend of like, you can tell I got back into wrestling within the last like six years, but they had to, they, it came back, they pulled it, and then they renamed it. And that is Seth Rollins with the stomp mm-hmm. for the curb stomp, which I thought was a pretty, I completely understood when they pulled that because I, I get how, you know, Triple H and Steph are always wondering about like how things will go when you Google them. Yeah. So I can see they didn't want kids going onto YouTube and typing in curb stomp, not realizing that it's got more, uh, more reference, but uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a Rollins one that I feel like he's done a pretty good job too of, uh, you know, what we talked about the botch versus the real one that he has it looking pretty good. Like yeah. he managed, get get the foot on there really make it look like he's pushing down but then obviously not murder someone since it's kind of shocking that they would let a, a move that is kind of known for killing people be put into their show but i guess when you're going full heel you got to go full heel it was a perfect maneuver for him too honestly because it is it, it's like in that perfect realm where it's just fast enough to execute because yet you you brought up the Sheamus like Celtic Cross, and that's a great thing to remember with these finishers that it does have to have that kind of out of nowhere element to it to make it great. Because otherwise, it's just no fun if it takes twenty minutes to set up, you know. Well, and yeah, that one is, well, is impressive, and it fits his character well, or at least well, it landed. It, it led to possibly the greatest RKO out of nowhere, which. Mm. He tried it on Orton, which I still can't believe they pulled off, that Orton had to strengthen his neck enough that he could throw Rollins in the air and then turn and hit the RKO on it. Like, I, I, yeah, I remember. In front of a, a live stadium when it's like if Seth's foot just slips, like he falls on Randy and they're just kind of laying on the ground and the announcers do the classic, like, oh, I, I don't think he quite got it there. Yeah. <laughs> RKO, but Rollin was wily enough to collapse and not not go up. He blocked it there. Uh, yeah, kind of like when a uh, Brock botched the shooting star press, and then they're like, and moved out of the way on that one. Exactly. The, the lie we all. It's yeah. part of the game, man. It's part of the game. But yeah. that, that's an excellent one. I'm, I'm glad you had that one too, because especially off of your first one, the the full on just stop to you know a more yeah, I, I, I guess i got a trend here that using your body weight to drive a person into the ground is dangerous well i had one too actually of body weight um the bonsai drop that yokozuna used to execute was another one kind of in that same realm where it was like a 600 pound individual bouncing off the second rope and then Granted, he would land on his feet to cushion the blow, but if he slept, that's all that weight driving right into your chest cavity. So, and it goes into the classic like, I don't care if this stuff is planned. There's no amount of that man trying to slow his descent that doesn't make a 600 pound man landing on your chest 
just a terrifying <laughs> moment. I mean, that would be one that I, I would be glad I'd never be expected to kick out of. Mm-hmm. It's like I could legitimately see it's like he's supposed to kick out. It's just like, no, <laughs> not not happening today. Yeah. Then, I, think, I think the honorable mention with that one, too, that I also thought about was uh, not quite as devastating, probably more athletic, was the Vader bomb. Mm. Yeah, very much again, so. You're taking you're taking a very large man and managing to have him uh, land on you without, without it being a, a death sentence. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, those guys definitely earned their earned paycheck. The poor jobbers that had to succumb to both of those maneuvers. I'll give you that. Uh, did you have any other ones for the list? I think I think those were probably my biggest ones um with then all the all the other kind of honorable mentions being just some of the the impressive physical strikes mm-hmm. the the uh, clothesline from hell yeah um the the once again just given the individual the the big show KO punch you know just mm-hmm. some of the the where if you if you don't pull any punches and I guess uh the the man who made made it famous was uh Brody Lee had the discus clothesline where you're getting the full spin to create uh, some extra momentum where it's like, if you botch that and actually connect with a person's neck, <laughs> it's, it's going to be ugly. And I definitely remember like as kids, us not realizing that every clothesline landed square on the chest. <laughs> That's when it's executed properly. <laughs> kind of like we mentioned. Yes. Um, yeah, the last one I could think of uh, that hasn't been mentioned was um, just the running power bomb, which is mm. pretty lame in comparison. Hence, it's the le- bottom of the list. But it is, I remember the move that took out Darren Drozdoff uh, when oh, yeah. uh, D'Lo Brown tried to execute against him because it, it, it's tough to imagine. I mean, imagine just having the strength to get a guy up and then to, on top of that, run forward and somehow have the momentum to either release and dive forward or sit down in some cases. Um, yeah, I, I just remember that because that was kind of like my main era of watching was that whole attitude era. And uh, yeah, the D'Lo Brown, it really upset me because I always thought he was so talented and that kind of derailed his career after that unfortunate incident. So. Uh, always stuck out to me ever since as being a deadly maneuver. Yeah, D'Lo, all-time great, like, walking to the ring swagger guy. Mm-hmm. Head shakes he would kind of do as he went down was just... Also had one of my, and I'm sure we'll get to weird angles, but when he had, like, the the protective chest protector <laughs> <laughs> that they just, like, hyped up, and he was like, he's going for the frog splash, but he's got the chest protector. So... <laughs> That, that'll end in one of our future gimmicks. But I was watching, a, I was watching an old pay per view a while back, and I was just like, "That just feels lazy." <laughs> yeah, they had to give him some gimmicks, so they just slapped it on him. Like, there you yeah. go, kids will like it. Like, you wear a vest, we'll just call it Kevlar. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, it's worked for the Shield, right? So it it did make a fine point for that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about covers it for our list of maneuvers that would kill you in wrestling. Uh, yeah. So to, to all our to all our young listeners out there, don't try any of those at home. Just watch them on YouTube. Well said. Thank you. <laughs>